there's just new life, new breath, uh, baptisms taking place. I mean, we'll, we'll plan for three or four baptisms and 15, 16 baptisms, spontaneous baptisms will take place that Sunday. But God has just been incredible. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. Well, hello, One Cry Podcast family. Uh, again, this this podcast, I have the privilege of uh, kind of uh, uh, injecting into the midst of our normal stream of podcasts a story where God's been at work. And I love the fact, in fact, I wished all 52 weeks of the year the podcast would just be one report after another report, another report of God intervening and, uh, yeah, kind of changing our program into his program as we make space for God in our church services. So today, I'm excited for you to kind of listen in to a conversation. I know most of you are pastors and ministry leaders out there, but uh, this is a pastor, Muta Muenya, here in Southwest Michigan. He is the lead pastor at Relevant Church. I think Relevant's parent church is in Riverside, California. Is that right? No, actually, no. we're all autonomous churches. The interesting thing is we're all friends who okay. decided to all change the names of our churches to make one church, one family of churches, but we're actually all autonomous churches. Okay, so yeah. we're all a part of the parent church in heaven. Come on, there you yeah, go. Love that. And this is the, the, the way it looks here locally. Uh, yes. But Luke and I, uh, man, we connected several years ago over lunch. I'll never forget it. And I just wanted to learn from Mukta. And I wanted to learn because one cry, as you know, is uh, literally intentionally uh, one in the sense of we want to be as diverse generationally, even geographically, gender, denominationally, and uh, ethnically as we can possibly be because that's a picture of the body of Christ, right? And so uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I'm not even going to talk about it, but you can talk about it. God yeah. stepped in. Let me just say that. God stepped into your service. And I, I, I think I want our pastor friends particularly here to listen to what led up to that. What did it look like? What happened? And then as you reflect back a few weeks later, uh, how do you look upon it? What were some of your takeaways? So, hey, jump in, Muda. Uh, welcome. Uh, I love having you with the One Cry family. Well, thank you so much, Byron, for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. Uh, again, I love what One Cry is doing. I love the heartbeat of One Cry. And I love you personally because you yeah, well, we're incredible. I love being friends with you. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, let me tell you, you've been an inspiration, uh, just your yeah. ministry and yeah. your presence. So thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing. Great. So yes. what happened a few weeks ago? Talk to me about it. I, I can't wait to hear it. And I haven't heard yes. the story. Man, I'm telling you, God showed up in an incredible way. You know, uh, when we start praying, show us your glory, uh, God shows up, you know. And so a few weeks ago, we, you know, I, I plan out my 
you know, series and messages ahead of time, but we're always, you know, open to what the Lord is doing at the time. Had a friend coming in to speak. We had just had an incredible women's conference uh, that weekend, which was so powerful. I mean, just so powerful. Uh, but the very uh, next day, so it was a Friday, Saturday, uh, this place was saturated with prayer, with worship, uh, with uh, just a bunch of women that just were thirsty for the Lord's presence and transformation. And the very next Sunday, I had a friend in town who was supposed to speak or who was speaking that weekend. Uh, something began to shift that morning and I could, I could just feel it where I just felt that I might be the one to speak that morning. And the funny thing is that my buddy was staying at my house. And so usually we'll put up a guest speaker at a hotel, but he was at my house and he would not get up. He would not get up. And I felt, you know, God just saying, uh, I felt an impression from the Holy Spirit that says, no, you're going to be speaking this morning. And so I text my wife, who was already at church, and said, hey, babe, uh, my buddy's not getting up right now. He is oversleeping. We're going to be late to church. It looks like maybe I'm going to be the one to preach because with our two services, I might just come first and then come pick him up for second service or grab him a car or something like that. Well, long story short, we get to church and he gets up on time and we are back uh, in the back getting ready to go out into the auditorium while worship is already going on. But it felt different. It just felt like there was a unique weight in the building, that there was a unique weight in the in the room that we were in, we're sort of in a green room area. Uh, and I could hear the worship taking place and the worship sounded different. It just sounded weighty. It sounded full. There was just something uh, amazing. So another guy comes to the back usually who comes and helps out and uh, he's getting ready to pray with us. And I said, dude, what is going on out there? He, I said, man, the worship sounds incredible. And he said, pastor, it's crazy in there. I don't know what's happening, but it feels different. And that's just what, the only way we could explain it. It just felt different. And so finally, we get out into uh, the auditorium and we're right there in the front row and we're singing and it's amazing. And the Holy Spirit says, I hear it in my heart, not audibly, but I hear it in my heart it says, you're speaking today. And you have a word that you've never preached at this church. I had you write it for another church, but I wrote it for such a time as this. And so I had this word on my heart about the Holy Spirit, about uh, anticipating and receiving the presence of the Holy Spirit in church. And so I go to the back real quick and I'm, I'm literally, I'm nervous. I'm like, I, I flew this guy in all the way from California and I'm gonna tell him he can't speak. So I go to him and I say, hey, do you mind if I speak this morning? He says, hey, it's your church, go ahead. So I get up and I tell everybody guys, you know, we had something planned, but we're gonna yield to uh, the Lord's will. And so I'm going to preach a word that I did not anticipate to preach, um, but it is all about uh, receiving the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, in our space. And so I preached that word and it was fantastic. Not me, not the message was fantastic, but the presence of the Holy Spirit was fantastic. It was, you could tell. People were in tears. People were weeping. And I was just caught up in the glory of, of the Lord. It was just amazing. And so I preached that message and just felt, okay, God, you're up to something. 
Second service is about to happen. People are coming up to me in the lobby and they're saying, are you preaching second service again? And I said, I don't know. I'm just going to do whatever the Lord wills. And so they say, if, if you're preaching second service, I've already called my friends to come to church. I've already called family members to be at church because they need to be here. And I want to be in here again. And so I, I get up second service. We go through worship. I come up on stage and the Holy Spirit, Lord says to me, Jeremy is speaking. So I said, okay, all right. So I, I say from the stage, hey guys, I know I preach first service, but I really feel the Lord is calling Jeremy to preach uh, uh, this, this second service. He gets up on stage and uh, he goes off script. I saw the notes that he was going to preach. He literally goes off of script and the place is lit up. First of all, again, worship was incredible, leading into the word. It is incredible. He is preaching his heart out. Uh, the Holy Spirit's presence is there. And you could tell that something had shifted in the room after he had got up as well, too, because he said, well, you know what? I'm going to do something. And I don't know what the persuasions of the people who are listening to this, but he looks at me. This is something that's never really happened in our church. He looks at me and he says, hey, um, I want to do something. And are you okay with that? Uh, I don't want to cross the line. I don't want to be out of line and out of order in your church. So I said, you know, I knew exactly where he was going. He was going to ask if people wanted to receive the gifts of the spirit. And my heart was racing. But at that point, I was just yielded in the, it, it, to God's will. And he goes on stage. He says, okay. He asked if everybody was a believer in the room and uh, if they believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, hey, there's people in here who have been praying uh, for release and impartation of the gifts of the spirit. And I believe that God wants to give them to you today. And he says, would you come to the altar? And the altar was flooded. And there was one individual who I know who was desperate and was hungry to experience one of the expressions of the gifts of the spirit. And they had just been praying about it. And, you know, it just didn't happen for them or whatnot. And that day, it all came to a head as the power and the gifts of the spirit were poured out onto our church. And you could not have written this. I did. I anticipated preaching on the Holy Spirit in the fall, but God shifted it and it set off a three week trajectory of just Holy Spirit power in our church. And it was it, it, it was nuts for the next uh, three weeks. I have to share this moment. Two weeks later, uh, a week later, it's Father's Day. A gentleman comes by. He sees churches going and he asks a question. He says, hey, um, are you guys having church? They said, yeah, in fact, first service went a little long. So second service is just about to get started. Would you come in? So he comes in. It's Father's Day. I've shifted in the whole series. Now I'm preaching about the promise of the spirit. And uh, first service, I preach on the promise of the spirit. Second service, I preach a regular Father's Day message. This gentleman comes in. He's there. He's overwhelmed with the, with the presence of the Lord, of the presence of the spirit. He leaves service. He leaves. He doesn't even allow service to keep going. He comes in five minutes. He walks out. But something tells him, come back to church next week. Come back to church next week. So he shows up to church uh, and he's parked in the front, right in the front of the building, like he's facing the building. And he's telling me this story just a week ago. So this story is super fresh. This just happened. He comes 
to church, second service. I'm still preaching on the Holy Spirit. That day, I'm closing out this three-week series that we just put together impromptu. And he says, as he's sitting there getting ready for second service, what he does not know is God's presence is just all over the room. I'm preaching and it's just like, God is just giving me even more revelation in, in my notes as I'm preaching so much so that it bleeds into second service. So I tell the people, I said, or, uh, or tell our team, are, are people here for second service? They say, yes. I said, well, just open the back doors and let everybody in because I'm going to preach this thing until it's done. And so second service is supposed to have started by now. The back doors are open. The man is sitting in the front of the building and he said he started to see the building shake. And he thought an earthquake was taking place. And he was looking at the building and he could see the building rumbling and shaking as if there was an earthquake. And at that moment, he just said, man, I had to get out the car and get in there and see what was happening. And when he walked in, uh, he just felt the presence of the Lord and said, man, God did something different and unique in his heart. And from then on, he continued to come to the church. So that's what has happened uh, in our local church. Things have been incredible. God has just continued to move. There's a new hunger and thirst uh, for the glory of God. Uh, it, it, it has not been, we didn't, we haven't, automatically just turned into a church that's preaching and uh, about the gifts every single weekend and the gifts aren't being manifested every weekend uh, in the way it did those three weeks. But let me tell you, uh, it has been incredible as it set us on a whole new trajectory. There is just new life, new breath, uh, baptisms taking place. I mean, we'll, we'll plan for three or four baptisms and 15, 16 baptisms, spontaneous baptisms will take place that Sunday. Uh, or even 20, I think it was one day, it was 23 or something like that. But God has just been incredible. And so that's what he's been doing at our church. And we're just yielding to him. And it's been an incredible experience. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing uh, the stories. And uh, you're right. We have a very diverse audience. I'm just... Yeah sitting here thinking of my Baptist friends and my Pentecostal friends. Oh, yeah. And I can see one of them just raising their hand, glory, and the other one saying, uh, explain some things to me. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, but that's what I love about the diversity of the body of Christ, even absolutely. theologically that way. Mm -hmm. And here, Here's what I've learned, Muta, and maybe you can respond to this if you want. Uh, no matter where I've been with whatever group of people, I'll say, here's, here's the one thing that um, you can do. Uh, we aren't asking you to change your distinctives. Mm -mm. We're just asking you to prioritize them. Come on. That revival, if we don't have revival, I promise we will, and, and we have persecution, uh, those distinctives are not going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. presence of God shows up. Mm -hmm. uh, they won't matter either because we'll just bathe in his presence in the midst of that diverse body of Christ. Yeah. So uh, I know your background. It's not like you have a charismatic Pentecostal. No, no not and, at all. Uh, and I know. Is background. Yeah, I know. And, and, I, and I'm thrilled the fact that I know you and know you well enough that you aren't going to be out for sensationalism. That's not yeah. who you are. You're yeah. going to go off the deep end. And uh, but there are those who are actually listening that are probably fearful. Mm -hmm. They'll probably say, I'm not sure I want revival because what if? Yes. <laughs> what if God were to show up 
and he were to tell me some of the same things he told Muta. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do they deal with that fear, with that apprehension? Um, yeah, talk to some of your brothers and sisters wow. out there. You know, that is that is a very, very good question, and that is a very real concern. Um, a concern that I had and a fear that I had as well, too. Um, I did not come from a charismatic background whatsoever. Um, a few years ago, well, actually, now it's probably five, six years ago. I'd been around a few guys who were uh, pretty charismatic. And, you know, I began to ask questions as I'd say, you know, what does this look like in your church? How, you know, is this done in order? And just being very curious. I think curiosity is, is a good place to be, you know, where you're saying, okay, God is big. God is bigger than anything that we can think or imagine. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so when we become curious, um, that is a very good place to start. When we, because I used to say, when, when people used to talk about it, especially, you know, the gifts of the spirit and all those things, I used to be say, I used to say, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to buy into that. But God opened up a curiosity in my heart. And this turned into really a five, six year journey. And God is so good. Let me tell you, God is a loving father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. Just like we do with our, if you're a parent, you know, you know what you can give your child at what season of life. And so um, really I had the same fears and apprehensions, but I just became curious and I said, okay, God, you know, if, if this is real, if you still operate in this way, then show me. And he took me through a journey. I mean, there were times where, you know, I'd have a guest speaker and they would ask me and say, hey, listen, I feel like God has placed a word on somebody. Uh, can I share it with them or can I do this publicly? And I would say, you know, and God would give me a piece around it. And I'd say, sure, go ahead. And then being a pastor, I would know what's going on in people's lives and he wouldn't know, but he would begin to speak over them. And I would be blown away and say, oh, my gosh. How did he know? And so these were the small little openings that God was introducing me uh, to the fact that he was much bigger than the box that I held him in. Uh, and so it, it didn't just happen overnight. It's not just like one day we say, God, we we want show us your glory. And all of a sudden he just took over church and it got nuts and it went crazy. I mean, I'm not saying that can't happen. But what I'm saying is if we believe in a big God who's sovereign, then the way he presents himself to us is going to be in exactly the way that we need him to for the right season in due season so that we can experience all of him and all that he's got to, all that he has for us. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, it's interesting because being in your backyard here, I've heard about that service and subsequent services. And here's why I appreciate knowing a little bit from you from a brief uh, conversation that we had, but nobody talked about the gifts being prominent. They talked about God's presence. Absolutely. They talked about what God was doing in their heart and their mm-hmm. life and the changes. The, yeah. uh, and, and I think that's what's uh, instructional for me after all these 48 years of the revival ministry, that it doesn't become the focus. No. It doesn't become what is uh, paramount 
that because of whatever reasons, it seems more dramatic, it seems more unusual, it seems more sensational, it's none of that. Uh, so I, I so appreciate, Muta, in the midst of all that God did do and is doing, that you are saying, here's what it's all about. And you ended your whole talk that way a little while ago. You said, it's all about, I come surrendered. Yeah. I come, Lord, here am I. I'm surrendered. And, yeah. uh, and we want you and your glory. So, hey, just know I rejoice with what God is doing. I think our whole One Cry family really does rejoice what he, they just heard. And we're praying God's presence would show up and manifest uh, way in thousands of churches because this is a moment where churches like you are making space for God to be God. And he's a big God that loves to do big things. Absolutely. Uh, so that big change can take place in people's hearts. So, hey, Muta, let's catch coffee again here before long and spend some time together. And uh, I, I just love you. Thank God for you and what he's doing and, uh, and love the podcast family. So thank you for joining us on this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. God bless you.